Welcome to the first Intuition Podcast. On this episode, Dave and I chat to Tammy Banks. She shares with us how acts of kindness have influenced her own life and encourages us to be kind to those around us. The session was recorded in front of a live Zoom audience, and if you'd like to join a future show, you can register for them. There'll be a link in the show notes. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the First Intuition Student Podcast. I'm Ben Bullman, and I'm joined this evening by my fellow director, tutor, and good friend, David Malthouse. Good evening, Dave. Evening, Ben. And how's this last week been for you? This last week has been really, really fantastic. It's been busy. It seems like only yesterday I was recording last week's episode. I can't believe a whole week's gone by. I have had the the fantastic experience of getting on an aeroplane for the first time um we hadn't even traveled on a plane for two years before covid because we'd, we'd put off a holiday because we were saving up for a biggie which then got cancelled but we jumped on a plane and went to rome early on friday morning so i've had a long weekend in rome with my wife my two girls it was the location my wife and i went on honeymoon 15 years ago and we went back I was a bit apprehensive because we had really, really good experiences. And you're always a bit worried when you go back to a place thinking, I hope it's going to be as good as we remember it. And it was, it was everything and more culminating, Dave, you'll love this with a trip to see Lazio play AC Milan on Sunday night. Excellent stuff. No, I, I would like that. It's, yeah, memories of, of watching um, Italian league football um, in my youth on Easter and Channel 4, I think, didn't it? I had the theme tune from um, Channel 4 Italia football going through my head all the way round. It was fantastic. But back um, and back in the classroom today. How about you? How's your week gone? You had a, a big night out earlier this week, didn't you? I, on Monday night, it was it was our big um, award ceremony the, um, for our industry, so the, the PQ Awards. Um, I know we've talked about them on on prior podcasts, but we were um, we were shortlisted in um, I think it was four different categories. We won two awards. So um, Tim House, who was um, who who's been on the show, won Lecturer of the Year. Um, and we for, for our Accountancy Academy, we won Innovation of the Year. So the, for those of you that don't know, the Accountancy Academy is a, an event that we have been running for the last few years for, um, for people in schools to give them really great careers advice about what it's like to work in finance and accountancy. Um, I think there were over 800 school students who engaged with the programme last year. Um, and some of those I know have already found jobs within finance, within accountancy. Um, and you know, really it's, it's part of the thing that, that, that I know a lot of us believe in that we got very, very good careers advice when we were growing up. However, I'm aware there are lots of people that don't have the same luxury. And I know that the careers advice I got at school was fairly terrible, but I had a really good network of people around me and parents and friends that, that could tell me about different careers. And it is you know, really, really nice to, to be recognised for the work that we did. But the best thing and the most rewarding thing that happened on, on Monday was, was not to do with me winning an award. I was um, talking to some former colleagues of mine um, who, who I used to work with kind of 10, 15 years ago. And suddenly from the crowd of people, uh, a young lady runs across to me and um, she says, I can't believe it's you. 
and I, I was kind of looking behind, expecting there to be someone famous behind me, but there wasn't anyone behind me. And um, and she said, thank you so much for your maths club that you ran. And if you remember during during the COVID period, I, I did the um, those kind of evening um, evening um, lessons for for any anyone out there that was interested in learning about more maths. And said, you know, that really really helped you. And then she said, oh, thank you to your wife for for doing the revision classes for financial statements because that helped me get through those. Um, and um, and then she said, like I said, how are your three children? I was like, you know a lot about me. Um, but it's, it's because we did those things remotely during COVID that, that people obviously, you know, I, I would always share the fact that what the kids are getting up to. And said, how are the cats? Um, because when, when Kelly did her lesson, sometimes the cats would jump on in front of the camera and start messing around with the screen. So it, it was really nice to know that, you know, that, you know, those things that we ran from, you know, from my dining room, you know, people really, really um, kind of engage with. Um, she'd been shortlisted for um, for Distance Learning Student of the Year. And one of the things that, that got her that shortlisting was the fact that she'd been teaching other people and helping other people to get through their exams. And she said that the reason that she did that was because she'd seen what we'd done and she decided that she wanted to do something similar to help other people. And I just love the fact that that, that cycle had then kind of gone through and other people were then kind of giving back on the basis of, you know, a little thing that Kelly came up with on a Thursday evening, which, you know, and then eventually she did win the award for Distance Learning Student of the Year, which, which absolutely made my day. Um, and the thing that I think tells me most about this lady, and she's, she's called Hanny, by the way, she does listen to the podcast. So just make sure that I'll reference her, um, is when I went over to congratulate and say, say well done. Um, the first thing that she said was not kind of, oh, thank you. Or, you know, it, it wasn't, oh, it means such a huge amount to me or anything like that. The first thing that she said was, can you tell Kelly she's the best teacher I've ever had? And I, I, I just thought, you know, that was just amazing that, that her first thought was not, you know, oh, I'm really proud. I'm really happy. Her first thought was, you know, tell someone else how great they were and how, what, how impactful they were. So, no, that, that was that was the best thing that happened to me this week. Definitely. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was I came away feeling very, very happy, um, not necessarily because we won awards, just because of, you know, of, you know, meeting someone who, who had seen what we'd done and then had taken it even further and made it amazing themselves. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. We got the two awards. But as you say, more fantastic to hear the goodwill, the, the kindness that has been shared. And from our act of kindness, that's been reciprocated back to us and also to fellow students and brings us very nicely, Dave. That was a well engineered segue into <laughs> our topic for this evening and a chance to say hello and introduce our, our special guest joining us. So we're talking this evening about kindness and we've got Tammy Banks joining us as a special guest. Good evening, Tammy. Evening, Ben. Evening, David. Excellent. So Tammy is a guest that Dave's organised and I suppose I should probably hand over to Dave to maybe do a bit more of an introduction as to how he's managed to to grab Tammy to come and spare 45, 50 minutes out of her busy schedule, I'm sure, to talk to us this evening. So, Dave, how did you hear about Tammy? Well, I first first came across Tammy um, on a Facebook group, I think, to do with, with podcasting. 
um, when we'd first kind of set up this podcast and I was kind of looking for hints and tips and trying to find out, you know, best practice. And there was a, a, a note on, on one of the forums that said, you know, if anyone would like to be a guest on my podcast, um, it's to do with education, um, you know, feel free to drop me a note. So I, I dropped a note, I got a message back and um, uh, uh, saying, oh, you know, if you'd like to join, that'd be brilliant. Uh, there was a little form that I had to complete that, um, that, that kind of went through. These are, you know, the kind of things that we're looking for and uh, and a bit of a background just to kind of give I guess a bit of briefing and I put that to one side and thought I'll do that because it's a little while away and I, I started um, kind, of, uh, yeah, kind of following and looking at the kind of things that Tammy did and there was one of the recordings that was being broadcast live on Facebook and I watched it and I was kind of like sitting there just getting more and more nervous thinking these guys are amazing the people on this I think there was there's a lady you were interviewing and she was talking about books that she'd written and work that she'd done kind of influencing people and I was thinking well you know I just teach people you know numbers and stuff you know there's no way that I could do that so I kind of ignored that form and like and kind of you know pulled away from doing it and said yeah I haven't had time to do it yet and you know it just felt kind of like I, you know I've what have I got to add in that kind of forum? And um, I guess it's one of those things that it, we've talked about things like imposter syndrome before. I really kind of felt that at the time that, you know, I didn't really feel that I would be able to bring anything there. Um, and, and kind of coming along so short. So you know, Tammy's got a kind of a wide, wide range of, uh, of different things that she currently does now. Um, but one of the things that, that I, I found is that I found a TED talk that Tammy had done. And I remember the moment that I listened to it because I did what I normally do when I'm kind of at home is I'll try and find, I'll be watching something on YouTube. I'll be listening to a podcast while I'm doing the chores. So while I'm cooking dinner or while I'm washing up. And on this occasion, I put this YouTube clip on, put my headphones on and I was emptying the washing machine, having it on the side. And I took the washing out to the back garden and started hanging it up on the line. And I hung it all up and I, I'd been watching it and I just sat down on a chair in the garden and just carried on watching it. And it's kind of like, it was, I was kind of transfixed by the story that was going on there. I didn't want to go inside and do more chores because I really wanted to watch it. And it was an amazing moment where I, I kind of got to the end of it and kind of, you know, I just had a, a, a couple of moments to myself where I just kind of sat there and, and, and just thought about what I've watched. And, I really wanted more people to hear that story, which is why I've got Tammy on here. But I think before we kind of get into that story, I think it's really worth just finding out what Tammy actually does now, because Tammy, you've got so many different hats as far as I can, I can make out. Um, <laughs> do you want to kind of give a, a brief kind of overview of the different things that you currently do? Yeah, of course, um, David, but thank you for the kind words about the TED Talk. Um, I love the fact that I distracted you from your chores. I'm sure your <laughs> wife was thrilled. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, so you're right. I do wear a lot of hats. I like to be busy. Um, my First and foremost, my most important hat is um, mother to two wonderful girls who are 16 and 13. So that's my most important hat. Um, but from a work perspective, I am um, co-director, so myself and my best friend set up a training company five years ago called Tay Training, um, and it's now a national safeguarding focused training company, and we deliver um, training 
right across the country and um, England, Scotland and Wales, um, all related to helping frontline services um, deliver the best services to their most complex and vulnerable people. And so we have 45 facilitators um, and they're all freelance workers and they all have subject matter expertise. And then we train them with our training methodology. And so they all deliver um, in an expert tailored, engaging and values led way. And then we work with local authorities, schools, police, probation, large charities, small charities, to help them be safeguarding excellent. Um, not just from kind of the safeguarding standards perspective, but also things like risk management, professional boundaries, quality, diversity and inclusion, um, all of the real fundamental um, training courses that if you were to go to a frontline service, you'd really expect them to know, understand and be able to have the skills to kind of um, support you effectively in a really values led way. Um, so I run that. I also run the training for influence, train the trainer qualification, um, which is a qualification that's just going. It's a, an accreditation at the moment, but we're just going through the off-qual process to become a regulated qualification. Um, and that is helping people um, learn how to deliver using our methodology um, to take away that training qualification at the end of it. Um, and then some of them deliver for Tay, but the vast majority of them take the qualification back to their organisations and then can offer that consistent training approach. So actually the subject matter doesn't matter. It's the, the train, the trainer is applicable for anybody delivering any subject but it means that they will deliver the very best training when they deliver it um, and then I'm also on the committee for standards at parliament so I have the joy and the pleasure of um, sitting on a committee where there is seven lay members I'm one of them um, so I represent the general public and there's seven MPs and any complaints that are made about MPs they're um, investigated by the commissioner's team and then their evidence comes to us. We then take further evidence um, and then we assess, adjudicate and sanction those MPs um, in Parliament. So, so, yeah, I have a variety of different roles and I'm very fortunate that within Tay, um, because of the roles I undertake within Tay, I get to work with some of the most phenomenal organisations that are just making change every day and within training for influence I get to we have a community of trainers that anybody can join free community where we get to help people love delivering training because we believe that if you love what you're delivering and you clearly do because you said well, I'm just a math teacher I just <laughs> I just teach numbers whereas I'm going oh my gosh, I could never be a maths teacher. I could never teach numbers. And it's, and it's that passion that you bring along. And clearly your wife brings along because if, if a, a, an event where somebody's winning an award, they're remembering the teaching that your wife's given, that you know, she, she absolutely is taking that passion into the classroom. And for me, that's what makes all of the difference with training irrelevant of subject. It's about actually who delivers it and how they deliver it. So, so yeah, I get to um, wear lots of different hats. Mm. I agree. For me, it's, it's great teaching is about passion and having passion in the things that you're delivering. And 
you know, I, I always say that the, you know, and I think Ben, you know, we've talked before about the, the absolute joy of teaching is, is seeing the people at the end of it achieving. And, you know, and, that, and that's not just someone achieving and passing an exam. That's someone that is on the road to having a great career or is having a great career or is now training the next generation or inspiring other people. And it's, it, that, 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 that's, that's why we do the job. You know, we, it's, it's, you know, it, I know that, you know, with a, you know, with an accounting qualification that I have and Ben has, we could be earning a lot more money than, than we do being teachers. But I would, wouldn't get anywhere near the fulfillment that I get through, um, through teaching. Um, so no, I, I so there's such a range of things, and and if anyone um, if anyone uh, kind of wants to, they can they can see you in action with your work in Parliament. As uh, I saw a little bit earlier today, saw a video of you um, kind of questioning MPs, and um, it, again, it, it was another moment where I felt massively inadequate. Kind of thinking about having you on the show was when I, I opened up the the BBC News app on my phone one morning, only to see a picture of you on the front of the newsfeed talking about the work that you do with do with parliament so uh, I, I think you know such an amazing range of things and um you know the, the work that the work that you do and the type of work you do i, I think it's just so so valuable but kind of going back to you know the, the the ted talk we mentioned earlier what i'd like to do is kind of just talk through the story that you that you talked about there i know some people can go and watch that video but um i like the comment there that someone's just put um so is it you that got to issue the fine to boris no, yeah, so uh, I'll be very quick because I could just go off on one about this. So <laughs> if you watch the video that you've just mentioned, yeah. David, um, what you'll see there is me debating very strongly with ministers. Um, and the reason why we're debating very strongly with ministers is because there's a current code of conduct that all MPs have to adhere to. But as soon as you and if you break that code of conduct, your your conduct comes to this committee of seven lay members, seven MPs, um, and there's due process that happens. If you're a minister, um, that isn't what happens. Um, it doesn't come to this committee. They have their own separate process. Um, and so what we've pr proposed in the review of the code of conduct, which is happening at the moment, is that actually um, the any the complaints or things about expenses or where you need to report things and such like all comes to the same committee for ease, for transparency, for honesty, and the ministers that I'm calling obnoxious and rude um, are, um, are saying, no, we want to keep our current system. And so at that point, I am, I do apologise. In fact, I apologise to the chair live, live on Parliament TV because I do kind of say, hang on a minute, if we're talking about your constituents and the general public, um, this is ridiculous. Um, and I think I tell him it's a bit of a joke. Um, so no, I didn't get to um, issue the fine for Mr Johnson. Um, I'm sure that I would like to think that there might have been maybe a different outcome should it have come through the committee, but who knows? Mm. I think that, that I, I remember the argument there about, the, about whether it was a, a, your whether you were doing something in the role of a minister or an MP, it's very similar to the argument I know that Ben and I would have if we were talking about company law, dealing with are you acting in your role as a director or a shareholder of a small business? Because those two roles are very different, have very different responsibilities. And quite often it's the same person that carries out both of them. And you can be doing absolutely the right thing in your role as a shareholder, but that's not the right thing for you in your role as a director. So I, I get that they, that I understand that, that kind of line between the two of them. But again, 
looking at it from a from you know from my perspective as being just a regular member of the public you kind of think it is confusing as to, as to how those rules would lie I, yeah. i'm sure that I and, I, and i would definitely say that the um the there isn't the same complications between company director and shareholder ministers and MPs should be serving their constituents and they should be doing it to the best of their ability with honesty and integrity. I think I say that on the video too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they should be doing it aimed at yes. <laughs> but I think, I think as you, as you said earlier, that you, you feel that the majority of MPs do that. Yeah, I would honestly, and I argue with people um, continuously, people kind of in my circle of friends on my network, saying really specifically, um, a good 80%, if not more, of the MPs that I meet are absolutely phenomenal people. They are dedicating their life to really make change for their constituents. Um, they're not necessarily all the one, always the ones that are in power at the moment, though. Um, and so that's that can be a bit of a frustration. Mm. Mm. Um, and anyway, back to your story, Tammy, rather than <laughs> rather than rather than our MPs. Um, I, I kind of want to talk a, a little bit about a, a I think an encounter that you've described where you you you've been working in London and um, if memory serves, you were feeling on top of the world, and then you you, you met someone and that kind of like made you uh, I guess made you think about things. So do, I guess, do you want to kind of talk me through that encounter? Yeah, um, first of all, I'm really impressed that you've new enough got it word for word. So gosh, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, and I guess I guess what I want to say first is you've said a couple of times, David, about kind of imposter syndrome and such like. Um, one of the one of the reasons why I tell my story is because actually, um, in, when people look at other people and they and you do have feelings of kind of imposter syndrome, I have it every day. You know, when I look at when I look, if I look at you and I think of the numbers and I think of what what you can do with those numbers the people that you're teaching the forum that you've got do you know the business that you've built things like that um do you know I absolutely if I align myself I I have imposter syndrome too um so I guess what I like to say about my story is that I hope it gives people kind of I guess the 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 strength to know that actually it's about making incremental change every single day nothing is overnight ever um and I I fall back to one real fundamental belief so I have key values in my life but actually one fundamental belief I have is that if we can be kind in our actions uh, in every possible circumstance and scenario and I'm talking about being kind to ourselves as well as being kind to other people then actually we we're not going to go far wrong we are going to reach our potential and and that's why I developed the training community to to have people surround each other with other like-minded people because in every single role in every single job whatever you're doing um do you know there's good people and there's people that aren't your type of people everywhere um, and I think it's so important that actually we can still have that outlook of kindness so when I did my TED talk I just um I'd 
I just walked out of Parliament and this was about, gosh, this probably about three years ago now. And I, I've got my own kind of checkered history. So I had a really um, complex and abusive childhood. And this will, for anybody who's kind of listened to the beginning of this, where they um, say, I've got a national safeguarding company and we're looking at working with complex and vulnerable um, people making changes in services, comes from my storage. You know, I know that just one individual one one person being kind at the right time can help you literally transform your life so I was I was a child at 14 who had had and just suffered abhorrent abuse by multiple adults there was no adult in my life I'd never met an adult that I trusted at that point um and so so I'd, I'd gone through that and then I'd um moved on to the streets. So I, I was made homeless um, when I was 15 and I actually spent four years living homeless. So initially on the streets because of my age and then I bounced around kind of homeless hostels. Um, and you can imagine if you think of any homeless person that you see, that's exactly who I was. Do you know, that's the, the activity that I was up to. That's how I was living. That's how I was surviving. And actually my frame of reference, everything that I'd experienced gave me the most cynical and negative outlook on the world. So I was quite kind of angry, um, angry 15 year old at that point. Um, what happened, kind of skipping forward, I and I will reverse back to kind of what changed, but skipping forward to the TED talk, actually what had happened was I walked out of parliament and it had just been, it had been the first debate where I had really found my voice and I really thought, really hard against a cohort of MPs on the committee for something that I felt really strongly about. It was connected to um, it was connected to sexual harassment um, and the two topics that I'm well safeguarding is my umbrella but the two topics that I'm really passionate about are homelessness and preventing sexual abuse and so I really found my voice I walked out of Parliament. I've got an access all areas passed. There's only seven of us in the UK that have that. I can go in all of the tunnels. I can swan around, etc. I was suited and booted like I am today. I had a £200 suitcase that I could afford. Do you know, um, actually, that was a big blowout, but I felt really good with it. And I swanned out of Parliament thinking, do you know what? well done me and I don't really have that many moments of that I kind of just you just carry on in your life don't you um and so I kind of walked out and I was really really quite proud of myself and I had and I had that feeling and I walked um into King's Cross Station and as I walked into King's Cross Station suddenly it was like this sliding doors moment I saw this person who I recognized immediately um and I recognized her because we lived on the streets together when we were 16 years old. And I recognised her because she saved my life multiple times when we were 16 years old. We were the same age. Um, so now, back then, when I saw her in King's Cross, I'd have been um, 38. Um, so we were the same age, but we hadn't seen each other since we were about 17 years old. When I saw her at King's Cross Station, she had a big suitcase with um, a duvet rolled up on top. She looked absolutely like she was addicted to drugs. And I could see within the duvet that there was a can of gas 
had been wrapped within the duvet and it just I just stopped I, I just stopped and really honestly there was this whole from an emotion perspective a whole sliding doors moment because I I remember adoring her I remember looking up to her I remember her her literally saving my life in multiple times and so I stood outside, I stood outside the shop that she had gone in to steal from. Um, I stood outside the shop and then when she came out, I just said her name and she just turned around to me and we just locked eyes and then just suddenly kind of, well, to be fair, we hugged and then I, I just kind of stood there. That it started off a whole whole pro, whole thought process for me. So the story that people will be really interested in is that we stayed in touch, um, and um, we stayed in touch with me seeing her every two weeks when I went down to London, um, and supporting her. And she's now even three years on, she's in a stable relationship. She's in a stable homeless hostel, but a long term homeless hostel, and she's been free from heroin for eighteen months, um, which is just absolutely phenomenal. None of that that is because of me all of that is because of her but people always want to know where her story is um but when I when I met her for for me um it did the train train drive we actually went for some food um and then the train journey home um all of these kind of emotions all these triggers from the things that I'd experienced when I was younger all of these who am I am I good enough why her and not me why am I now doing okay and she's not doing okay what made the difference to all of that type of stuff came came up and all of that type of stuff just kind of rose to the top for me um, and I, I had, I've always known that, so, that there was a person in my life that came into my life at the point that I was ready to receive them in my life. And it was frontline professional, you know, talking about teachers. It was a teacher. It was a teacher at a local college. Um, and actually what happened was I was living at a homeless hostel that backed onto the college and the, the fences joined um and numerous times we used to go to the canteen and kind of help ourselves for our lunch and and such like when we were like 15 16 um and um, we got used to kind of the campus but education even in my younger years when I was um suffering from um from childhood abuse education had always been quite a solace for me so I would lose myself in learning I'd lose myself in books and I would distance myself from what was happening and the teachers always said to me do you know you've got so much to give if only you could concentrate if only if only they knew what was going on if only they recognized the signs and symptoms of the abuse that I was suffering actually they could have intervened earlier my life could have been different earlier I might not have suffered in some of the ways that I suffered earlier but actually this this tutor at, at the college um she'd see she'd see me around a little bit and this one day um just kind of imagine a brazen 16 year old i literally stomped into the reception of the college and i insisted that they enroll me in the college because i was now 16 but i hadn't i hadn't got to my gcse time yet so therefore i was entitled to an education and it was their job to provide it for me well it went down a bit like a lead balloon um and they they had been warned that i might come um, because I was expelled from the local school a, a year previously um, and they just literally called security um, but she followed me out um, at, at a safe distance um, and she literally said to me 
do you know what an appeal is? And I said, I think I told her to F off. Um, and she said, you know, an appeals a process where you can say to you can um, go, you can you can argue um, their their rationale for not allowing you in the college. And their official reason was that I wouldn't be um, I wouldn't be at an academic level to be able to cope with college um, teaching at that time because I left school in year nine. Um, and she said to me, look, she said, think about it. She said, if you'd like to appeal, I'll help you. She said, but only if you come and sit at the back of my class whilst the appeal process is undertaken. You can't do the work officially because we can't register you, but you can do it unofficially. You turn up and sit at the back of my class. I'll, I will take you through that appeal process. So I, so I kind of stomped off didn't believe a word she said because every adult had exploited me in my life up to that point. But over the next couple of weeks, um, it, it just kind of settled with me. I saw her again. She would walk around the perimeter of the college. Um, and then one day I went into a class and she she just gave me some food. I just sat at the back. Um, and in long story short, in six weeks, which is what the appeal took to um, be heard, I completed her two year course with distinction. And so when it got to appeal, um, she literally just stood there and said, you have no argument. And so um, against their better judgment, they enrolled me. I then won student of the year, the following year, got equivalent to A-levels. And then I got a, um, I got offered a place at university without the formative qualifications because of the um, process I'd been through and because of the student of the year, etc. But I was very much living a hybrid life when I was at college because I was still living homeless and I was still undertaking all of those activities. Um, on an evening to survive but during the day suddenly they were like nice normal people you know kind people people that want to help you people that want to teach you people that aren't going to exploit you and suddenly I became aware that actually um there are kindness exists and kindness makes all of the difference and she she offered me that hand of kindness and so that became for me like a stick of rock that's kind of then run through my life ever since and that's where it goes back to when I met when I met um, Albie in the train station um, and reflecting back, actually, the difference for me at that point was at the right time in my life, somebody somebody offered me that that kindness. And then that led to opening up opportunities that led to having different relationships that le led to my own personal growth, a different environment. I wasn't just surrounded by the homeless community anymore. Went, then I went to university, then I got a job as a trainee forensic psychologist and did group therapy with high-risk sex offenders. Then I managed and developed homeless hostels for young people for 10 years. Then I set up my own charity and um, ran that, um, preventing sexual harm. And then I set up Tay Training. And now with Tay Training, just like you said earlier, do you know that butterfly effect, that ripple effect? I am so... Honestly, I'm blown away that we've developed a methodology that helps people deliver exceptional training because we believe that training transforms lives. Just like that person you talked about, you know, who's got that award, actually the different direction their life's gone in because of the confidence that your wife's phenomenal teaching would have had. 
within Tay, we have the absolute privilege of knowing that if we teach a facilitator to deliver using our methodology, they deliver to frontline professionals. So they deliver to police, probation, ambulance workers, homelessness workers, housing workers. You know, they deliver right teachers in schools, you know, um, all of the different things. But those people then they they then deliver training to the front you know the frontline professionals and the frontline professionals then their services that they offer are not us and them services they're inclusive supportive services they're not just going to a training course to tick a box they're learning skills uh, that will help them be able to transform lives and they're recognizing the real power that they hold in their hands because actually if we skip back to my story, if Jane, the, the lady that I talk about, the tutor that I talk about, I don't credit her with changing my whole life because so many people were involved and I was involved, you know, um, but actually she started that domino effect. She gave me that hope. And if she had been burnt out and not come into work that day, that wouldn't have happened. If she had, if she didn't have the skills and the ability to talk to a very a bratty 16 year old, that wouldn't have happened. If she didn't value children or she didn't value education or she didn't have the passion, like you've mentioned, for her role, she would have been sat in the staff room, you know, not talking, not looking out for people at all. So I, I thank my lucky stars that actually she, all of those aligned on that day for her to just make a really, a really um, basic offer at that point to me, just give me that little bit of hope. And what, what I like to say when I talk about kindness is actually your interaction with somebody at McDonald's can, can stop them taking their own life. Do you know, your interaction with somebody in, in a training room can help them decide that they're going to continue that accountancy um, programme, that they were going to quit because they didn't think they were good enough or, or whatever it is, every single interaction we have. And we can't all be kind all of the time. Um, do you know, we have to give what we've got to give, which is why also part of our training methodology, there's always a bit about mental well-being and emotional resilience because you can't be a brilliant trainer or a brilliant worker um, if you're not um, looking after yourself as well. So, um, so yeah, that, that's a bit of a um, fast forward, but I'll stop there because um, you'll be very sick of the sound of my voice. <laughs> no, that, that, was, that was phenomenal. And, and the, the question that I was going to ask you based on me seeing your TED talk was, are you still in touch with your friend? And I'm so glad that so glad that you that you told me that. And and you know I, I'm you know from the sounds of things she's in a better place than she was last time I heard about her, which, which again makes makes you know makes me feel happy if this is the movie that I'm watching. Um, yeah. And you know I, I, I'd be interested to hear, hear hear Ben's thoughts a bit as well. But um, you know that that you know there are lots of things that I can I can kind of relate to I always kind of I always felt when I was here growing up that that school was my safe place was the place that I felt safest at and was the place that I always wanted to be and I can kind of really see that and you know I you know I'm I the things that I value most I said I really value you know, seeing people's careers develop and things like that but you're right it's for me, it's always the person that that has almost given up on themselves that that you see grow and change because you know of, of you know something that you feel that you've had a, a, an involvement in some way. And I'm thinking Ben about you know when we had Christina on the show and Christina talked about failing exams ten sittings in a row 
and being on the verge of giving up and it was the very last chance and and, and then how she then passed that exam and then it snowballed from there uh, and you know really having that belief in herself so that's you know, something that I, I yeah definitely can really really relate to I can't obviously relate to kind of like the I guess you know as you talk about you know it, it You've talked about before the the extremes in your circumstances because I, I yeah I, I I'm fortunate enough not to have been in that position, um, but I, I guess you know in terms of you know little things that we can do, um, it, it's you know how how do we go about kind of building that network of being kinder to to people? How do we actually do that? Because I know that I wasn't very kind to my kids this morning when I needed them to get up to go to school, <laughs> and I'm sure that you know. I, I there there are you know, you know in the course of today I could have been a lot kinder in the things that I've done how, how do we kind of try and bring that into our uh, our everyday life really honestly for me it's about actually going one step further back and thinking why you weren't kind in that instance so think of your children for instance and I can relate to this because I have two teenage girls and their rooms are atrocious you know? um, and I have to chase them out of the door for school in the morning and things like that but actually the way that I do that all depends on where my head's at so so actually depending on you know if I've got um a train to catch I've not made pack-ups the house looks a mess you know I know that I'm not going to meet this deadline I'm not going to meet that deadline all of those type of things um then actually I and the thing that I dislike about myself and I'm I'm getting I'm not perfect by any stretch of imagination but I'm getting better at recognizing it is that when my resilience is low I can be quite snippy do you know and actually I and I really dislike that and I can see when that's happening now and I can and I can say to myself whoa hang on a minute Tammy you you're not being your best self here and in that circumstance I can withdraw and I do that over lots of different things so I'm I'm a very heart must leave person and I I can't watch a film um, or read a book with an unhappy ending because there's so much unhappiness in the world that actually I have to fill my fill myself up with happiness from from somewhere that's one of the things that I do I also make sure that I talk to um, I've got a really good network of friends and colleagues that that kind of understand the world that we work in I talk and I rant to them do you know I I find roles so like the the role at parliament well actually I I I feel like I am I learned a long time ago that if you want something to be to really change you have to be part of it you have to be part of that change there's no point kind of standing on the sidelines kind of shouting at them because it makes no difference whatsoever so actually I've sought out roles that also fill me up and help me realize that I'm making that that tiny bit of difference kind of here or there so I would say that from a kindness perspective it's about looking at yourself it's about looking at your own resilience I I make choices so for instance on Facebook at the moment I've signed up to um, host Ukrainian refugees and we're putting together a whole um, keeping people safe Ukrainian project for um, for Ukrainian hosts and um, that's going to be completely free so I'll quickly plug that because we want as many hosts to see it as possible um, and we're putting that together and it's a collaboration of 15 different people that have all given their time but to do that and for me to be able to sign up to be a Ukrainian host I've had to switch off so many different um, Facebook groups that I'm supporting like 
food banks and Syrian refugees and Afghanistan refugees and things like that because actually it's not that I don't care it's that I can't cope with that overwhelm of it from all different angles so as hard as it is I make conscious decisions about actually where I can where I can really give but also where isn't going to deplete me so that in my daily tasks when my kids rooms are a mess I can go in say right you've got three songs on super loud and I'll help you tidy your room instead of opening the door going for goodness sake 10 times I've asked you to tidy this blooming room Um, so it just it switches my own kind of mentality Um, and when all else fails when I'm feeling when I'm really struggling and I'm really overwhelmed a really conscious act of kindness and my default is going to McDonald's drive-thru and paying for the car behind me Um, a real conscious act of kindness um, cheers me up um, and then that that kind of help helps me balance a little bit. So, but I'm by no means perfect at it. Do you know, I think we just learn every day. Yeah, and I think that that um, we talked about kind of shutting off other things, not because you don't care about them, but probably because you do care about them. Uh, and I know it's something that Ben and I have talked about from a from a, a professional perspective is that you know you can't at work you can't do everything. If you try and do 20, 30, 40 different things, you're going to do them all relatively badly and you're going to burn yourself out. It's better to actually say, I can't do 20 out of these 30 things. I can focus on these 10 things and do them really, really well. You know, we, we talk about it with, with studying and, and you know, don't try and pass the entire suite of ACCA exams in a year because you won't be able to find the balance to do it. Focus on that one thing you do. It's the same in terms of, you know, the things that you're choosing to give your kindness to and give your time to, choose the things that you can manage. And I think it is important that, that you know, it's so easy. I mean, I found definitely over COVID that it's very easy to become overwhelmed with the amount of things that are thrown at us. That it, it, And it is important to... To, to focus on those things that you can make a change and make a difference on. So I think that is really important. I said, Ben, what are your thoughts? I really love your awareness of yourself, Tammy. And I think that's something I'm coming to terms with a bit as well. Um, me is not always a, a good day and acknowledging it's not me in a good day today. And then trying to kind of be aware of that and just take that moment, take that deep breath, just think before you go and, and say something. I've got two daughters. I, I feel your pain. Mine are 13 and 11. So you're going to tell me I've got a bit more pain to come yet, I guess. Um, but yeah, that, that one, fantastic. Going back to our love of maths and all things numerical, humour me here, Tammy. Um, but something that struck me was the, the power of one small influence having the effect on 10 people and then those 10 affecting another 10 people. We talk a lot about financial frauds and crimes and something that our students will be aware of is a Ponzi scheme where yeah. effectively you convince 10 other people to buy what you're selling and they convince 10 other people and eventually the money does flow to somebody at the top. That would be so more powerful with kindness, wouldn't it? And it's something you said, if you think back, it looks like a pyramid. It's a tree that you can trace yourself back to that one fabulous teacher by the sound of it and then you think the number of people that that story has inspired influenced your ability to then influence their lives that is a phenomenal amount of of power 
um, to the power of 10, to the power of 20. Dave, the numbers could get really big very quickly, can't they, when we're doing things to the power of something? Yeah, thanks for that, Ben. Um, I do realise we, we are very much up against our time, say, and I know, Tammy, you've got you've got two girls that are probably wondering where their mum's gone. Ben, you've got two girls that are probably wearing, wondering where their dad's gone, and I've got three here that are wondering when they're going to have tea. So um, I am going to draw things to a close, but um, Tammy, I, I, I want to thank you so much for giving your time today. I, I've absolutely loved having you here. Um, it, it's it's just wonderful to hear the things that you talk about and the work that you do um, and how you're continuing to kind of like to bring your experiences and, and help to, to change things for the better. So thank you so much for, for, for coming on and joining us here. Um, if you've got any final words or anything that you wanted to plug at all, feel free to, to, to say them now. <laughs> I was going to say, never miss an opportunity. Eh? <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll send you some links across the pop on the yep. bottom of the podcast, yep. Um, yep. but I'd love it if, um, um, anybody who delivers training or wants to in the future feel free to come along and join our free community it is brilliant and lots of really kind people in there um so do come along and do that i have got a best-selling book so i'm showing it on the screen but you can't see it if you're listening to a podcast so that's transform your training so um, if any of you fancy um, reading the book um, and yeah, if you do want to laugh at me ranting or watch my TED talk, I'll make sure the links come across. But ultimately, just thank you so much for having me because I've just I've really enjoyed having this conversation with you um, and and hope it's been useful for your listeners. I'm, I, I know that our listeners will love it. Um, I, knowing the, the feedback that we've had from other, other episodes and how much fun I've had is normally a, an indicator of how much people enjoy it. And I've had an enormous amount of fun. So thank you so much for, for being here today. Um, I want to thank everyone that is here live. And thank you for the comments that you've left um, in, the, in the chat box and the questions that you've asked. And thanks to everyone out there that is downloading, whether you're walking your dog, listening, going for a run, whether you're, as some people have told me, whether you're currently in the bath listening um thank you so much for taking the time to download if you can leave a, a review and you can leave um, a, a rating that will be much much appreciated but until then um be kind to everyone and stay safe we'll see you next week bye guys bye